Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. My name is Brooke McCallery and thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you very much and welcome to episode 194 where we continue our book launch month. We do. We do. You sounded very storytellerish then. Oh, well, just wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, it is book launch month and in Australia and New Zealand. The rest of the world, friends, it's it's coming. It's just doing its thing. It's taking it slow. We're going to call it slow publishing. <laughs> there will be more news about that over the coming months. But I think I just want to say thank you for everyone who has bought the book, uh, who has commented, left reviews. It's been phenomenal so mm-hmm. far. And it makes me feel incredibly happy and, and lucky that there's so many people who are interested in this stuff and wanting to slow down and wanting to simplify and find this level of, of slowness. Uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Share the book on social media if you would like. I think there's a couple of hashtags, slow book or live life simply. Yeah, share them. Let me know and uh, keep doing your slow thing. Yeah, it's available in all good bookshops. Only the good ones. I've always <laughs> wanted to say that. <laughs> Including airport bookshops. Now, that's something that you've always dreamed of. Yeah. Having I, a book yep. in an air, airport bookshop. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't know. That just was a thing for me. It was I every time we travel overseas, mm. I always buy a book. Mm. So I often I'll obviously It's spend a guilty time pleasure. In. Yeah, no, it's not even guilty. I just really enjoy buying a book before we travel. If we're traveling for like a holiday, that's just one tradition that I have and we usually buy you buy one, I buy one, and we swap them. And I, don't, I just really enjoy it. But that means that I'm often, when we travel, browsing through mm. bookshops in airports. And it's just been, there's been something magical about it. And when I saw Destination Simple in the airport bookshop a couple of months ago, that blew my mind. Yeah. It's like, it's because when you're on holidays, you're in a good mood. Like you're yes. just about to go on a holiday. And for some reason, you always remember the books you read on holidays. That's true. Yeah. I remember in 2013, I read Slash's autobiography. <laughs> I remember reading that too. Like, why? Why do I remember that? Because <laughs> you were relaxed and it was an enjoyable read. Yeah. It's bizarre. Mm. But uh, congratulations. Thank you. Let's get into it. Okay. So in slow, you talk about de-owning and not just decluttering. Correct. Tell us about that. So this is a a, a quote. This goes back to a quote of Joshua Becker's from years ago. And he says, don't just declutter, de-own. And that used to really challenge me because I thought they were the same thing. Aren't they? Not really. And here's why. Decluttering is, is the process of letting go of excess. And you and I were very good at decluttering. We're also very good initially at recluttering. I have a passage from the book about it. Allow me to uh, to read this to you. When Ben and I first decluttered, we did a fantastic job of recluttering almost immediately. We've made space. Great. Let's fill it with better stuff. Stuff we need, stuff we've always wanted, 
stuff we deserve, stuff that will identify us as successful and thoughtful, stuff that will tell others we're creative, mindful and intelligent. Why did we do this? Why did we declutter only to spend the next few months slowly recluttering? Why were we convinced that we deserved shiny, fancy new things? Why did we find it difficult to maintain the space we worked so hard to create? For us, it was a combination of convenience, ego, expectation, habit, boredom, discontent, comparison, advertising, status, aspirations, identity, and insecurity. And that makes me highly uncomfortable to read and share that with you, but it doesn't make it any less true. Yeah, I remember it well. Mm. So I think decluttering is part of the process and it's an important part, but until we deal with some of those reasons for recluttering and for still desiring ownership, I think we're, we're almost destined to end up doing the same decluttering dance two years down the track, mm. which is what we did. We kind of went through that whole cycle once before we realized that there was other things we needed to sort out, which had nothing to do with our stuff. TV entertainment unit. Yes. We got rid of one. Mm-hmm. It was bulky. There was a lot of drawers and it was just full of CDs and DVDs mm-hmm. and stereo equipment that we no longer used and a TV. Mm-hmm. And so we got rid of it. Yeah. We donated it. Yeah, we got Vinny's to come pick it up. But then we went out and bought another one. Like a slimline one. That's mental. It's mental. It speaks to this idea of ego and ownership and shoulds and societal expectations of what you own as an adult, you know, all of these mm. things. And I think we need to deal with that first. And that ties back to what we were speaking about last week, the idea of caring more and caring less. So not only did we go out and buy a new streamlined version, but then we filled it with the same stuff and the stuff that didn't fit, we put out in the shed. Mm. To deal so, with later. To know? deal with later. So what what could have we done differently and what have we done differently? Well, I think you need to deal with the stuff first and you need to... So we, we did a good job of decluttering. Yes. We didn't de-own. That's it. Yeah. It finalizes the process. Right. You let go of the need to own in the first place. So you let go of the CDs, you let go of the DVDs, you understand that if you want to listen to that album, you have things like Spotify. Or if you're a massive mu- music nerd, you can put all of your CDs onto a hard drive or what, like whatever it is. Also, if you love your CDs, keep them. Like This is not a competition about who can live with the least amount of stuff. But if it's clutter, then... Fully finish the job. Mm. But really it is like- a competition of people that still own CD players. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I think that you need to deal with that, the idea of ownership first and letting go first before you worry too much about letting go of the TV unit, you know. And I think there are, there's kind of this step-by-step process of things that you can do to slowly minimise your need to own things. And a big part of it is something we've spoken about on the Poggy for the last couple of months on and off is this idea of sharing, you know, tapping into the sharing economy, which is the more formalized ways of sharing. So that's things like Tulo, Uber and stuff like that, even, you know, Airbnb tapping into the resources that already exist. But also there's the other side of it, which is just communal sharing. Hmm. You've got a crew of people who live near you, neighbors, friends, family, whatever. What can you share with them? that you have 
that you make available to them and vice versa. You know, things like camping equipment and sporting gear and party needs and extra wine glasses. And I talk in the book about this box of cutlery that lived in, I don't know, I actually know who owned it, but for all of my extended family gatherings, it was there. It was, yeah. On the edge of the table, full of mismatched spoons and forks and everyone for every event for that entire family for years used that one box of cutlery. Mm. It was perfect. It was great. You know, so what can you set up with you with your people that allow you to dip into the resources that already exist rather than going out and, and using more resources, be it money or, or stuff or time. So I think sharing is really, really important. And by sharing, I think we also allow ourselves a certain level of vulnerability or honesty with each other because I think a lot of the reason that we feel like we need to own everything is ego, like we've said. We don't like admitting that we don't have everything we need and sharing, asking someone to borrow something feels a little vulnerable. It feels like admitting that. Mm. And I think that just the simple act of sharing stuff with people who we, we know and love brings that wall down a level or two. And it sounds so simple and so insignificant, but I actually think it's really important because it's not going like this, this requirement to look a certain way or to operate at a certain status level is not going to go away if we're all still pretending that we're over here and everything's great and I don't need anything from anyone ever. So I think sharing's a huge, huge part of it. Massive. So what's the takeaway for people that, you know, can declutter but have trouble de-owning? Mm-hmm. I think it's just to deal with that mindlessness of re-cluttering or repurchasing or bringing stuff back in and learning to question, do I need it, first of all? Is there another way to get the use out of this thing that I, I have a requirement for without actually going and buying it? And it's so hard. Like that sort of mentality is ingrained in our capitalist And do you culture. know what it is? It's convenience, right? So it's mm. about being prepared ahead of time because we will go, oh, man, the kids have got like a, a dress up tomorrow mm. or, you know, in Let's two go days. get Let's them go and, a costume. That's right. But had we thought about it two, three weeks ahead. Mm. You could have called a friend who has something. You could have made something. You could have gone to the secondhand shop and bought the things you need. Mm. But it's about being prepared. That's the key to, to kind of combat convenience. And then think about how you can share things. So who around you might be able to, you know, I guess create some kind of informal sharing circle with your group of people. Or borrow things. Call someone. I borrow your mum's gravy boat once a year <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have one and I don't feel like I need to own one. Or hire things. So that's more your formalised ways of of tapping into the resources that already exist. Join a tool library. Join your local library. A lot of libraries now have toy libraries attached to them. They have a library of things, cake tins, hand tools, those kind of things that you don't need very often. But when you do chances are you're going to go and buy them. So instead of going to buy them, tap into the resources that exist. Just do a bit of research, I guess, is my takeaway for this week. Google what sharing resources are around my suburb and keep that in the back of your mind for those times that things do pop up. Good luck. It's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's like everything we talk about. It's a gradual thing. And if you mm. do it once and you go, man, that felt good. Mm. That felt great to be part of that communal thing. Yeah. 
tapping into the resources that already exist feels really good. And I think it's just doing it once and understanding that, yes, there will be times that you can't or don't, but not giving up. Yeah. So anyway, go out and share. Go get communal. Sounds good. And have a good week. You just do that again, mate. I burped. Okay. In my throat. Gross.